Hey, what's up you guys? This is Giorgio, your friendly neighborhood YouTuber slash podcaster. And I'm back with another episode of Beyond Wrestling. And this is episode 7. And um, today we're going to be talking about a lot of different um, hot topics in the pro wrestling world. And um, it's going to be more current day stuff. You know, I know I like to talk about the past, present, and future. But we got a lot of current you know topics that are going on in wrestling right now and so basically we're going to be talking about Goldberg returning to the WWE to face the fiend Bray Wyatt at Super Showdown which is their international pay-per-view um, and it's going to be for the Universal title and also we got um, we're going to be talking about WWE signing the first African-American female referee that's going to be a really good topic um, also you know, we're going to be talking about what's real and what's fake about pro wrestling. And also another cool thing happened was um, Nyla Rose. She won the AEW women's title. So that's, uh, oh, we that one's going to be fun to dive into as well. And um, I hope that you all are doing really well today. Um, we, uh, I'm just so grateful for those of you who've been listening to the show, mainly on YouTube. You know, we've been getting some, you know, decent numbers here and there. But, you know, it's all a part of the process. And the long-term goal is to have a bunch of people listening and sharing their ideas and their perspectives with me about pro wrestling. And mainly, you know, like the times that they grew up watching when they first discovered it. And so, you know, without further ado, without all of the... Uh, I try to get my little intro in there every day. Uh, make sure you like this video if you're watching it on YouTube. Make sure you leave a five star or just a good review on the podcasting um, apps that you listen to this podcast on. The links will be in the description of the YouTube uh, of my YouTube channel. In case you know you guys haven't gotten over to the podcasting apps, you know and. Um, and so the first topic we're going to be talking about is a really good one that I thought of a week ago. And uh, I had finally got all my little thoughts together on how I was going to do it. And that is what's real and what's fake about professional wrestling. And uh, for those of you who are on Twitter right now, I'm pretty sure that you've probably seen that this that there was this congressman who was saying, you know, I guess, you know, our president, Donald Trump, he did his whole um, State of the Union address or something. And, uh, and of course, the congressman, he said that I had to walk out of there. And he said, uh, it's almost as fake as uh, pro wrestling or something along those lines and dude the wrestling community on Twitter they let him have it they let him man he got the stones <laughs> he got the stones from the wrestling uh, community on Twitter and um, that was just so crazy you know and um and even kane chimed in on twitter which can you believe it kane's on twitter but also you know his real name is glenn jacobs he plays the character of king of kane um and glenn jacobs he's the mayor of tennessee and everything and uh 
you know and I, I love his elegant response you know to this crazy ass politician or congressman you know and the thing is like you know people are always trying to you know throw this whole notion about how pro wrestling is fake and they try to do it in a snarky smart ass way and and they don't have no respect for what the wrestlers do and um and the thing is this i'm gonna tell you guys you know is pro wrestling fake and i know that's probably not the the best word to, to use for but pro wrestling is scripted and that's no secret and the thing is it's not even the fans that have exposed that part of the business is actually the wrestlers themselves you know in the past who've done shoot interviews and stuff where they pretty much let you know what's going on you know so that part of the mystery of pro wrestling as far as realism and everything is this is that you know the characters the storylines you know the backstage politics all that stuff is fake i mean you know it's straight up fake you know and the thing is they're no realer they're no no faker no real i guess than you know your favorite tv shows you could compare it to that you could compare it to your favorite movies you know your favorite characters in in, in the movies that you like to watch you know they all have the similarities they were all written and is real life people of course who play these characters now and and honestly to me I would use the word scripted to describe pro wrestling, but that's the thing. Not all of it is scripted. There is some very real aspects to pro wrestling, and I'm going to tell you them. Basically, everything that they do inside the ring whenever that bell rings is all real. You know, from the moves that they take, the bumps that they take, the bruises, um, you know, sometimes people hit a move wrong which they call it a botch and um and it severely hurts somebody and of course that even though it's not intended to like really really hurt the person you're in the ring with like to the point where they have to get surgery and all of that or their career ends like that part is not intended but sometimes it happens and people get hurt you know it's all a part of the business and the thing is you know wrestling is kind of like ballet it, it really is it's like a dance you know you have to you're only as good as the person you're in the ring with and so you know anytime a wrestler take a punch in the ring which they have work punches so that you don't they don't like super injure the person you know but when somebody slaps them or they do a body slam on somebody or they go off the top rope and hit a crazy dive or something you know or they hit them with a steel chair even though they have their hands up you know when that steel chair hits them or whatever that's so that they don't get severely hurt because if a wrestler gets severely hurt um then they won't be able to continue on which will affect their pay will affect their spot on the roster and uh that can be a very very crazy um you know bad thing for a wrestler to go through but for people to say that that part of wrestling is fake is just 
it shows their lack of integrity it shows their lack of knowledge and education about what pro wrestling is and the thing is there's two kinds of wrestling there's the professional wrestling which is you know very well choreographed and went over and some people like to call their spots in the ring or call their wrestling matches in the ring when the match is going on so that it can appear real and the thing is about wrestling, you want it to appear as real as possible. You know, you want to get an emotional response from the fans. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day, is getting an emotional reaction from the fans. And, um... And the other style of wrestling is, of course, the amateur wrestling, the college level uh, wrestling, and the Olympic wrestling. You know, that is very much real because somebody slams you on the ground, you're going to get hurt. And their goal is to keep you on their, the ground long enough to get that pinfall. Of course, in that style of wrestling, they don't count one, two, three. It's just if you can get your opponent down long enough to where that ref can say, okay, this match is over you know then that's all good you know and so um it's just you know people you got these politicians and people who don't even want to bother to understand what wrestling is they criticize it and you could tell they don't know what the hell they talking about in their own statements because you know uh and the thing is um Another thing that's real about professional wrestling is the miles traveled. You know, these wrestlers, they get beat up. Every sometimes they'll get beat up for like 10, 15 minutes if they if they got to lose or job to somebody or they could just be even if they win a match, that's 10, 15 minutes in the ring of punishment that their bodies take. And then they got to get in the car late at night, drive to the next town. Um, if they if they don't have to fly, they have to drive to the next town, which means they're hurt and they're tired, probably hungry too, and um, and they have to drive to the next town, which that could take four hours, it could take five hours, depending on you know uh, depending on like where they are at, and uh, you know. And that could be a very taxing thing on your body. And then sometimes they may not be happy with their position on the car. They're putting in the work. They're putting in the time and everything. And then, uh, you know, um, and and then they get sidetracked because of, uh, you know, they got to go make sure they make the next town. And um, that could be very very hard on them so that part of the thing is real you know and and i would even say the backstage politics of real too to a certain extent because let's be honest professional wrestling is not like you no know, the nba or football or baseball boxing mma track um soccer uh you know it's not like those sports where like you get rewarded if you win like the more you win the more chances you you have of getting that championship whereas in wrestling is different you could be really good in the ring but if you don't connect emotionally with the fans then you know uh then you're pretty much done you know you're not going to get a championship no matter how good you are in the ring 
And to me, that is the real part right there. You know, that can really affect the wrestler's life. It could really, it eventually, it messes with their confidence. And then it might take a toll on their, their mental health. And, of course, the surgeries. You know, that stuff takes six months. That's six months of, of discomfort. And in my opinion, I feel like pro wrestlers are the toughest people in the world because of what they have to do on a daily basis. And they, you know, it ain't like the other, like, sports teams and stuff where they play, like, maybe one or two games a week. And sometimes it's just one game a week, you know. Whereas wrestlers, they have to wrestle, what, four or five times a week just to, in order to pay their bills and stuff. And the thing is, they do it for the fans, too, obviously. So, for all you people who love to con to to try to you know diss wrestling and say all these stupid crap about how it's fake, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right to a certain extent. There are certain fake aspects about what wrestling is, but you have to think about the real aspects, which I just mentioned here. You know, and the thing is, you you know, and and also you won't see most wrestling fans criticizing MMA fighters or a basketball player or football players. You know, we are not gonna do that. At least the mature ones aren't. You know what I'm saying? So I hope that by me explaining the real and the fake, or as I would like to say more uh, respectfully, the scripted parts of professional wrestling, you know, and I hope that you all understand where I'm coming from. And for those of you who are listening, definitely leave me your thoughts on this. And, um, you know, uh, I'll have the email, the Beyond Wrestling email, where you can send in your questions, uh, you know, um, you can send in your ideas, your feedback about the podcast and how I can make it better because it's all about improvement. It's all about including you guys, the fans, you know, so we can have some fun topics and stuff. Mainly about old school stuff because that's what a lot of people grew up listening to. You know, that's what a lot of people grew up watching. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of good things that are going on in wrestling right now. But there's also a lot of recoverment that needs to go on as well. And so, um, right now we're going to move on to the next topic, which is WWE signing the um, first African-American, the first female African-American referee. That's going to be really cool. Okay, so um, WWE had signed their first full-time African-American female referee, and her name is Independent. Actually, she's an independent wrestler named Aja Smith. And, of course, uh, she was known to wrestling fans as Aja Pereira. And, um, you know, she had begun training at the Performance Center, I think maybe a a week and a half ago. And so this is really cool news to me, you know, especially because this happens during Black History Month, which is in February, by the way, the month that we're in right now. And, uh, you know, I I think this is a really good opportunity for Asia. Obviously, you know, because if we're being honest, the, uh, the NXT roster, female roster, at least down there in the performance center, is full of girls that we probably have not, we've yet to see yet, you know, on, on, uh, you know, on NXT during the weekly show 
and and uh, and I think the only way you'll see these girls Russell is probably at the house shows and stuff. So I think having um Aja Smith as a, a referee, this is a good spot for her right now, at least until things clear up. Um, you know, until some girls either go up to the main roster or they start getting more girls out of that performance center on NXT TV. Then you know we can start seeing um, you know Aja Sniff there, and um, I'm really happy for her, and I think this is a really really great opportunity for her going forward, and I wish her tons of success, and I hope she just makes it happen and show them that hey I can be more than a referee, I can I can do some good stuff in the ring, and I think having her as a backup, you know, like when she comes in and let's say a wrestler gets hurt for whatever reason. Aja Sniff could come in and take over and, and then, you know, and she can show WWE that, hey, you know, you might want to consider using me as a full-time pro wrestling character. So, you know, big ups to WWE for that. And um, I hope they use her very well in the company. In a good way, by the way. <laughs> and also, you guys, speaking of women, we might as well talk about some other big things that are going on in the women's wrestling world right now. And that is Nyla Rose from Eight All Elite Wrestling. She won their, their, their women's championship on last night's episode of um, AEW Dynamite. And uh, she had a, this was her rematch against Riho. And um, I'm so happy for Nyla Rose. Uh, she's done such an amazing job as far as, you know, making you know herself believable in the ring and um and she was uh she's actually the first trans woman to become you know the uh women's champion and i know there's been people online saying a lot of hate comments and a lot of stupid crap about that and honestly it shouldn't matter you know what matters most is that you know nyla rose is a beast in the ring she knows how to work um, and I feel she's more than capable of carrying that uh, women's division in AEW to better heights. And if we're being honest, you know, Rio just didn't do anything for me with, when she was the women's champion. Yeah, she, she might be a good person in real life and she can work in the ring, but her character and her not being featured on the show in any crazy, in any kind of big storylines and stuff, you know, any kind of talking capacity, that is what, in my opinion, you know, kind of turned me away from her. She just was not appealing on that level. And I feel like Nyla Rose could be a good, a great start to getting this AEW uh, women's division on the right track. And um, we can see her go up against, you know, Britt Baker and some, uh, Chris Statniron and, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of people on that roster that she could do some good stuff with. Uh, Big Swall, a great uh, female, a black, a great female black wrestler uh, who's really talented. I would love to see her mix it up with Nyla Rose as well. And um, 
you know oh yeah awesome Kong we cannot forget about awesome Kong we can all finally see that mega match right there with Nala Rose and awesome Kong you know so there's a lot of possibilities I think now that can really help AEW's women's division become the talk of the wrestling business and Nala Rose being their champion is that right move in my honest opinion and if anyone don't like it that's fine you know that's fine you don't have to watch you know and, uh, and, and that's just the realistic part of that and um you know and, and the thing is like this you know and i think that was one of AEW's best episodes too if i'm being honest you know i really do believe that what they did last night was a really just uh, from top to bottom one of the best shows of course uh, you know the whole cody and mjf segment as well so yes big congratulations to Nala Rhodes on becoming the AEW Women's Champion. And here's a really cool fun segment that I feel like could be, you know, really not just fun for me, but for fun for all of you who are listening. You know, you can write in uh, to, you know, Beyond Wrestling email that's in the description. You can send in your choices for this next topic uh, with a question for this next topic right here that I'm going to discuss. And uh, also you can comment on the YouTube uh, version of this um, episode as well, you know, which is my YouTube channel is Giorgio ASMR in all caps and space in the space in between the name or whatever. So, so this topic right here is top my top, you know, baby faces and heels in wrestling. Baby face being good guy, a good girl, um, the, the you know, the good character in wrestling, and then of course the heel, which is you know, the bad guy or the bad girl in wrestling, and um. You know, and I think this is really interesting because this is going to be based on what's been going on in the wrestling business right now, currently, in the past few months. And, of course, for those of you who haven't been watching, you know, what's been going on in wrestling currently, you can um, tell me your favorite uh, baby faces and heels from the times that you were watching wrestling. You know, you can tell me that as well. And um, again, the email for this uh, this podcast is Beyond Wrestling Podcast at gmail.com. and it's all lowercase letters and all, and everything. So um, and definitely send that in, and I can read those um, on the next episode for everyone to hear. You know. And, um, of course, I will have my social media so you can write me on social media, like on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. So, um, I'm going to start with the top heels in professional wrestling from my point of view. And, you know, I'm probably going to just name five just to be, you know, just to make it easy, not only for me to answer this, but for those of you who are listening at home or wherever you may be listening to this podcast or show. And so my top five heels in wrestling today um, are number one, I have to say, you know, I'm going to say MJF is number one. I hate to say, I mean, because I don't even hate to say, I don't know why I had put that word in there, but I have to say it because he's been consistent with his heel heat, 
you know, which is, you know, the fans hating him. And it's not just on TV. It's off of TV. It's, it's, it's on social media. It's in real life. He is a legit heel in every sense of the word. He's the classic He's the classic embodiment of what a heel should be. You got a lot of heels in wrestling right now who are just playing it safe. You know, they're playing it really, really safe. And they're trying to be liked by the fans too. You know, like on social media. And if you're going to be a heel, you got to do some dirty stuff. Not just in the ring, not just in a segment, but outside of the ring as well. Because you're playing a character. 24-7. This is not like you doing a movie where you just playing an evil character for that particular movie. You know, this is a TV show that is ne- that that's episodic, that continues on. So, MJF does that better than pretty much anybody right now. And that leads me to my second um, choice for the top five heels is Randy Orton. Now, Randy Orton recently he beat the hell out of Edge and turned on him, and he did the whole concerto thing. He also destroyed Matt Hardy and everything, but he recently just turned heel. So. You know, we'll have to see how this whole heel turn with Randy Orton is going to be over time. But since he recently just turned heel, that's why I had to put him at number two. You know, because now if he can consistently get some heel heat with the fans uh, on TV and off TV, then yes, he could eventually get that number one spot. But MJF, he's, he's killing it in that regard. And, uh... And I love Randy Orton. He, I would actually say this. I will say, just to be even more fair, I will say that Randy Orton is the top heel in WWE. If we're just talking about WWE and excluding wrestling business as a whole, we're just talking about WWE. Randy Orton is the best heel in that company right now. For a minute, it kind of was Baron Corbin. And I know some people may disagree. Which, I'm going to put Baron Corbin as number three on this list, by the way. Because Baron Corbin, he he's hated outside of the ring. Outside of TV. And that's something that I feel like a lot of heels in WWE are. And even in some parts of wrestling are lacking. And... I feel like Baron Corbin, he he does that really well, where he can get emotional responses from people, especially live at house shows and outside on social media. And that's what you want. If you're going to be a heel, you might as well go all the way and make sure that you get that emotional response. Because a heel's job, the heel is pretty much in control of the whole story. You know, and the goal is for them to get enough emotional response from the fans to build enough sympathy for the babyface or the good guy or the good girl wrestler so that fans will want to pay to see the good, you know, the babyface go up and and beat the hell out of the hill either at at pay-per-view, which that's the appropriate way to do it because you can make more money that way instead of just having them beat a hill on um on TV that fans, you know, and you're not making any pay-per-view money and stuff from, you know. So, uh Baron Corbin does that well and um you know, and and so, like I said, if Randy Orton can start getting 
that kind of heat to where um also on social media and even in real life he's getting fans hating him for real for real then he will definitely be number one and um in, on my list and so yeah so uh, so far we got mjf as number one we got randy orton as number two we got baron corbin as number three and number four hmm now number four uh you know what I got an idea. Britt Baker just turned heel. Britt Baker just turned heel on AEW Dynamite last week. She did this move where she put this Japanese girl's teeth on this ring rope, but then she jumped in the air with the top rope and jumped on on I guess on her back, causing the Japanese girl teeth to break. So, uh, you know, Britt Baker, she's starting to slowly get finding her way with this new heel turn and I think she's a great appropriate number uh, appropriate choice for number four on my top heels list and um, she even cut a good little promo last night um, on AEW Dynamite using her real life um, profession of being a dentist to her advantage and talking about how these crazy women uh that she addressed them as like that she's saying that they they got some bad erosion some bad teeth or whatever it is uh they and they need to be adjusted and so you know it kind of reminds me of this gimmick that kane or glenn jacobs used to play in the early nine in the mid 90s he was dr isaac yankum and he was playing this evil dentist type of character. You know, it was very cartoonish and all of that. But at the time, it kind of was pretty, it was pretty interesting. Kids were scared of this, this evil dentist because he didn't have perfect teeth. He had really dirty teeth. <laughs> and he wanted to make everybody else's teeth look as bad as his. So, Britt Baker, she's kind of doing the opposite with this character. Whereas she's trying to um make i guess she's trying to get rid of their bad teeth and make her make them have perfect teeth but um i really like that that's really cool right there if i say so myself and then you know we got number five on the list and dang man you know what shoot i would say jericho is number five, but I could replace him with Baron Corbin. I might, yep, I'm thinking about doing that. <laughs> I might replace Jericho with uh, Baron Corbin, put Jericho as number three because, you know, I would say Jericho's a great heel. He really is, but he's more of a cool heel. Like, and the reason I say cool heels because he's got the fans chant singing his song, his little rock songs and stuff when he comes out now, and uh, you know, and and everything like that. And it's like the fans not supposed to be singing his songs. They're not supposed to really be on his side. If he's a full heel, they should be hating him. They should be wanting to get to him and throw stuff at him and, and chant really bad names at him so he's more of a cool heel you know he's more of a cool heel so that's why i was kind of saving him for last because he's more of a cool heel 
Whereas like Baron Corbin on the other hand, he gets fans legitimately do not like him. And so that's why I was thinking in that realm, you know. So if Jericho really got some crazy heel heat like what MGF is getting or even now what Randy Orton is getting, then he could definitely go straight to the top of this my list. But yeah, I'm gonna have to put Jericho as number three. Baron Corbin have to be number five. It, it, it was really tough to come down with this list, you know. And so now that we got the top five, my top five heels in wrestling today, I'm gonna talk about the top five baby faces, aka good guys or good women in wrestling characters. And number one. This, you know what? Actually, this is a pretty easy choice, you know, for number one. I've got to go with Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, he has legit symphony from the fans, you know. He knows how to get an emotional response from the fans. And honestly, that's what's really, really important. He knows how to get the fans behind. You look at the fans' reaction to when MJF was hitting Cody Rhodes with those with that belt when he was doing the whole 10 lashes and each lash that each little hit that he took from the fans they got more and more behind him and Cody Rhodes knows how to do that so well and he gets it from his father you know Dusty Rhodes Dusty Rhodes is one of the greatest baby faces of all times because of his the ability to grab the fans attention not only with his promos but his character and his in-ring work and Cody Rhodes is going in that same direction right now as one of the best and um, I really like that I really really do so that's why he was easy choice for number one you know so uh, you know right now we're gonna go into number two on my particular list and this is my thing number two hmm uh you know this one is is kind of crazy cool um I'm going to say, hmm, uh, you know, we gotta go, we gotta go with WWE on this one, and, uh, man, I'm just trying to think, like, who really helped, who really, I, I really enjoy, um, I'm gonna go with Matt Riddle, I really like Matt Riddle, he's got a good response response from the fans he's really fun to watch uh matt riddle uh number three keith lee really fun to watch keith lee i love watching keith lee really great uh character um you know he just knows how to get the fans behind you really easily too um you know uh golly i wanted to try to include a woman on there that you know fans really like and you know i'm thinking wow this is a tough one because there's so many great ones out there um godly man um i'm gonna go with rhea ripley she's really fun i like rhea ripley she's pretty dope you know, and I know some of you are probably seeing Becky Lynch and everything. Thing is, this I feel like Becky Lynch as, as a babyface is starting to, 
you know, it, it it's trying it's starting to die down for me a little bit. I kind of liked her more when she was chasing for the title, and now is it, you know I I'm I'm just not with it like I used to be with her, and I think it's because of her lack of having really good opponents as as far as character and storyline wise. Like she really needs some really good heels to face against that can push her character to new levels, and I feel like real Ripley she's starting to get there. She really is, um, and you know. And I think that's a really cool deal right there, you know. And, uh, number five. Wow. You know, um, whoa. And the thing is, um, you know, and this list could change. This is just where I'm at currently right now. This list could change. Um, you know, I'm going to say Bianca Belair. I, I gotta go with Bianca Belair, and she's from NXT, by the way. If you haven't seen Bianca Belair, you need to go and check her out. She's really great, you know. Um, and I would have put Charlotte, but you know, we don't know what the, where the direction. I don't know what's going on as far as if she's a heel or not. Um, and the thing is, when I when I pick these uh, names. It's based off their emotional response from the fans, you know, on TV, during matches, outside of social media, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I think Bianca Belair, as, and the thing is, I think she's a baby face. It seems like she is because fans love her and everything. So, and the thing is, she could easily pass for a heel, but I don't think she's no heel. And when I think about heels, I'm thinking about like Randy Orton, MJF level heat, or even Baron Corbin level type of heat. If they get any of those three levels of heat from the, the fans, then I would consider them a, a top heel. And Bianca Belair, she's definitely leaning more on the babyface side of things, and she does get a big reaction from the fans. And I think she's the truth. And I think that she should be either the either even if they don't put the belt on her in NXT, she should definitely go to the main roster ASAP. And more specifically, I would put her on SmackDown. I feel like SmackDown could really use a star of Bianca Belair's of caliber, you know. Um, maybe Raw. You know, well, actually, I you can put her on Raw. Yeah, you could totally put her on Raw because I know Shayna Baszler just came up. So if you throw Bianca Belair in the mix on Raw, I think that would be really fun. I think that would be really fun for sure. Um, you know, either way, she needs to be on the main roster because she just has the talent. And so, yeah, you guys, that's my top five baby faces and top five heels in the business. And this could very well change and this list probably will change soon you know as time goes on because someone can always come along and impress me more and um you know once they do that i'm gonna change the list and i'll come back and do another episode with my list and um also, if you guys let me know your choices, I will include yours in that particular video as well. And, you know, in the next, in probably the next two episodes or so, I do my favorites from, like, 
from like the old school days. And so, now that we've talked about that, it's time to talk about the big topic right now. And, uh, which, you know, I, I guess you could say is the headline of this whole podcasting episode. And that is Goldberg versus The Fiend at WWE Super Showdown for the Universal title. Alright, yeah, you know, and there's a lot of, and you know, this whole decision for, or the news of Goldberg facing the Fiend Bray Wyatt at WWE Super Showdown, you know, uh, I know it has a lot of fans kind of, and you know, there's been mixed reactions from a lot of fans, and this is the thing, like, this is going to be an overseas show, you know, mainly with the Saudi Arabian people over there, and they love the legends, they love, you know, the, the, the legendary stars, because you have to think about it from their point of view, they don't always see a lot of the current stuff like we have, you know, and, and unless, like, you know, until, like, years after, or whatever, and, um, so... You know, when they see a person, a star like Goldberg, that's a big deal to them. And a lot of, it's a lot of us WCW fans. And people love to hate on Goldberg and everything. The thing is, Goldberg to me is fun to watch because he's hard-hitting. He has a great intensity type of character. He has one of the coolest entrance musics in the game, in the wrestling game for sure. And his entrance to the ring is crazy cool too. And I love his jackhammer and, and his spear, you know, which inspires so many other people to do a spear as their wrestling move. Everybody's doing the spear nowadays. Goldberg popularized, popularized that. And so, and I think this is a good money match for that particular show. It's not like it's going to be on WrestleMania. And the thing is this. And I know a lot of people kind of, I guess they're worried that maybe Goldberg will win the Universal title or whatever from Bray Wyatt. And the thing is this, even, let's say that does happen. Goldberg can always lose it, you know, at the Elimination Chamber or, you know, or whatever. I would even have them defend the Universal title on SmackDown against The Fiend. And then you could have him beat there. Beat you can have the Fiend beat Goldberg there. You know, they used to, back in WCW Nitro, they used to have world title matches on the show, you know. And that was just a way to compete with the WWE or the WWF back in the day. And so But me personally, if I'm booking this, I have the Fiend beat Goldberg because it will make the Fiend even more stronger, even more powerful. And Obviously, I think the end game to all of this is going to be Daniel Bryan. Obviously, Daniel Bryan's kind of mad. If you've been paying attention to the story, Daniel Bryan's kind of pissed. He's not happy about the fact that Goldberg is is facing the Fiend instead of him. And I do believe that Daniel Bryan will be the one to beat the Fiend for the first time. You know, I think so. I mean, that's at least what I would do. And the thing is... Having Goldberg win really wouldn't do anything for anybody, if we're being honest. And I love Goldberg. I mean, if he won, I'm not going to be mad about it. But at the same time, you know, we're talking about putting over a character like The Fiend, who's supposed to be one of the most powerful uh, wrestlers in the company right now. And so you have... 
the fiend he, he, he a character a, a wrestler the likes of Goldberg that puts him at this super high level that means Daniel Bryan will have to go through enormous lengths to try to beat the fiend so and I do think that's the thing because Daniel Bryan he's still in this story you know so we're gonna see the fiend versus Daniel Bryan again in some form or fashion. We're gonna get that match for that universal title, and I do think the end game is for Daniel Bryan to get the win because he's the fan favorite. He's the babyface, and eventually, you know, we're gonna be paying to see him face, um, you know, Bray Wyatt again. But for this particular review, I don't mind it. I think it's gonna be a fun matchup. Obviously, with Goldberg, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, you know, accidents happen in the ring. I know a lot of fans like to harp on what happened with that mess with him and The Undertaker. But, you know, things happen. Plus, these people are wrestling in that hot temperatures out there, you know. And, you know, it's just, just a part of the whole business, you know think when accidents happen and everything like that but hopefully though like I said this will be hopefully this will be a really good matchup everything works out I say don't make it a long match do not make it a long match just for the go just for Goldberg's sake because it's been a minute since he was in the ring you know because the yeah, it, it's been a while since he was in the ring with the Undertaker. It's been time has passed since then. Some time has, should I say? So you don't want to have him in that ring for a long time. You just don't. And I think the long matches with Goldberg is not his strong suit. It never was. So having a semi, you know, short match, you know. Uh, it's the best route to go if you're gonna have Goldberg on your t uh, on your program, and there's nothing wrong with that because it makes Goldberg look strong, and it also helps Bray Wyatt because if Bray Wyatt beats Goldberg in a quick fashion, then that's gonna be crazy because we're gonna be like, dang, like, and and, and, and this is what I'm thinking is gonna happen. The bell rings, Goldberg hits Bray Wyatt with a spear. You know, lays him out, but Bray Wyatt gets up. So Goldberg hits him with another spear, and Bray Wyatt slowly gets up, and then he hits him with the jackhammer, but Bray Wyatt kicks out at one. That will really just, that that's how you would do that matchup. You know, and eventually, you know, Bray Wyatt comes back and he gets the win. Soon as Goldberg comes in for a spear, Bray Wyatt can hit him with a clothesline or something. Or, when Goldberg goes for another spear, Bray Wyatt can hit him with the sister Abigail. He can catch him and hit him with that move. Then he can put the mandible claw on him and just have him tap out like that. You, That's how you, that's how you put over... Um, Bray Wyatt would also without you know making Goldberg look weak, you know So that's how I would do that particular matchup and I'm curious. How would you guys book Goldberg versus Bray Wyatt, you know and um, Obviously, it's gonna be fun to read your responses and everything But nonetheless, thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Beyond wrestling and um it was fun talking about the many different topics that i covered in this particular episode i didn't want because it was about to be like at the 20 minute mark and i was like that's just too short for a talk show or a podcast so 
I wanted to try to get a little bit longer so we could cover more fun topics and everything. And, um, you know, uh, I'm thinking about doing this episode Tuesday and Thursdays because it's so there's always new wrestling news in the uh, wrestling world and obviously you can't cover everything on one particular show so I'm thinking about doing it Tuesdays you know and um on Tuesdays, we could call it Hot Take Tuesdays, where I just do like three topics. It could be like a little short show where I can kind of get in some current topics that are going on. And of course, Thursday, we go more in depth with some of those stories, as well as, you know, some classic stuff, you know, from wrestling. And um, because there's some news that I couldn't, I, I didn't, I didn't want to cover in this episode because then we'll be here all night and no, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, every, so I'm thinking Tuesday and Thursday around the afternoon time, like maybe six o'clock, this episodes or should they should be up, you know. And, um, so yeah, thank you all for listening in on this. I'm curious to know what you think of the episode. Be sure to share this on your social media. Share it with your friends and family who love wrestling and everything. That way, more people know about what's going on with Beyond Wrestling, what's going on with my YouTube channel, and what's going on in the wrestling community. Because without everyone's input, you can't grow. Anyways, catch you guys next time. Peace out.